Thanks to that piece of shit, Lieutenant, that's always uh, on his podcast. Bash us. him. <laughs> All right, everybody. Eric Dim, most complained cop, NYPD, 265 Police Live Series. Along with me is John McCarry, the founder, the co-host of the podcast, retired lieutenant. How you doing, brother? Doing well, my friend. Uh, we got a bunch of messages from members of the NYPD uh, talking about the appointment of Kaz Daughtry. I mean, you guys have seen all the memes. Uh, most of the memes we haven't made. Uh, we just shared. People send them to us. And, you know, it's having a large effect on morale and and the nepotism is is more glaring than it's ever been in the New York City Police Department. And I think that he's just a highlight of that. So I think we should get into that, talk about that. And uh, so what, 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 are your, what are your initial thoughts? when? Well, I think what's interesting about this particular case, if you and I have been extremely expressive on social media, especially Twitter, Instagram, about this specific appointment. And I think, unfortunately, I think some people have the wrong idea to think that this is a, a diversity, equity, and inclusion appointed promotion. And that's not the case in this particular situation. John and I have been pretty expressive and, again, adamantly going to say that this is a case of extreme nepotism. It just happens to be that the appointee is black, but has nothing to do with race, has nothing to do with diversity. This is 100% about nepotism, some type of connection with Jeffrey Madry, who's the chief of the department for the New York City Police Department, which who happens to have been MIA for the past few months. We haven't heard a word from him. But again, I want to say I think it's a complete extreme amount of nepotism. Absolutely. I mean, let's just talk Kaz's career real quick, right? He has he has he was an active cop somewhat, but he didn't experience what the average rank and file of the New York City police police do. He didn't go through the process of, I'm going to do patrol, I'm going to do anti-crime, maybe I'm going to do borough crime, maybe I'm going to go to the squad, maybe I'm going to go to the boss route. No, I mean, let's face it. He was a sergeant's operator his entire career. Do you believe that by him driving Jeffrey Madry, and I know he's had arrests. I'm not saying that he hasn't had arrests. He's had some questionable arrests, obviously, because... We've seen the charges and stuff, but I don't know. I wasn't part of those investigations. And we've seen CCRB frivolously attack people, as in the case of Eric Dim. So I don't know. So he's an active cop. I give him the benefit of the doubt that he was a good cop. But he still didn't go through those processes. Do you think that by driving a chief, if that was your career marker, do you believe that you should even be promoted to the rank of detective for doing that? Absolutely, absolutely not. It does not fit the criteria to make detective. Unfortunately, we've watered down the shield of detective completely. Detective is supposed to be a well-qualified, well-rounded investigator, someone with extreme amount of skills, operational skills, doing policing, able to have observation skills to understand people. That's what a detective is. And, and I understand, unfortunately, the police department. Again, here's another problem with the unions. The police department has never come to an agreement with the unions on having some type of police department, police officer rank specialist where they can 
give more pay for that particular rank. So that's why the police department has been put in position to give someone detective. That's another failure by the unions. So greedy that they don't want to have police officers have a rank where they, they can make more money. What I was told in the past is that Pat Lynch had said, if other police officers are going to get more money, they want to divvy up amongst all the members. That, 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 that doesn't make any sense. There should be incentive for police officers to have some type of senior or some specialty as a police officer and get paid for their skills. But to promote them to detective just really waters down the actual shield. Again, I think this comes down to complete nepotism. Yeah, I mean, it's really not an investigative assignment. You know, I, I, I'm not saying that he's not due for some type of promotion, but I will say that him going to first grade detective through driving Chief Jeffrey Madry is a slap in the face to every police officer and every detective in New York City. That is a complete, utter slap in the face. Again, he did not go through these processes that we all go through. Standing at details, working a sector car, working in anti-crime, being under the same lens and the same and have the same pressure as the average rank and file of the New York City police officer, going to a squad, going to gang, going to the, one of these units where you're going to get a shield out of. Right. So I don't believe that he even got himself promoted to, to first grade. I don't even believe that was was a good was a good reflection of his career. And I think that's weighed on on morale a lot. I think that with that you see that and with the average rank and file police officer and detective, especially for active cops, you're attacking the active cops here. These are the guys that are like, what about me? I have 500 arrests. I have 50 CCRB cases that I did nothing on. I have a million IAB complaints and all these investigations. And this kid drives Madry, made a few arrests, and he's a first-grade detective. I'm glad you pointed those things out. The other thing that we should talk about, which I think is extremely important, I think that the discretionary promotion in itself is completely subjective, including myself. I was promoted to special assignment as a lieutenant. It's completely subjective. Everyone's opinion of what is a specialist in that rank is a different opinion. So what I think we should have is there should be some specific criteria for each discretionary promotion. And then in addition to that, obviously, there's going to be some sub subjective opinion. And it should be a, a subjective opinion that the majority of the police department meets as an opinion. There's always going to be people that say, well, you know what, that guy doesn't deserve detective or that girl doesn't deserve it. But if 99% of the department agrees that if someone does investigative work and they have so many arrests and they've been involved in so many gun arrests and they've testified so much at trial and they have the experience of debriefing uh, prisoners and they have a well-rounded, vast amount of experience in the job, if 99% of the police department would be in agreement of someone get promoted, then yes, there's always going to be that plus or minus 1% that doesn't agree on someone specific. And it might be personal reasons. But I think that should be the basis on how we promote someone for for discretionary promotions. But here we are now. He's elevated himself to the assistant assistant commissioner of the police department. So, John, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, so he didn't he like he doesn't elevate himself per se, but his connections with Chief Jeffrey Madry, Philip Banks, New York City Mayor Eric Adams, they elevate him. Now, I'll be the first to say. I would take the first grade promotion and I would take the assistant commissioner title as well. So Kaz, this isn't a knock on you, bro. This is a knock on the overall system. This is what this is. This is, it's not a personal attack on you. This is an attack on what is going on. What is going on 
is not proper. It's not correct. It's a slap in the face. It diminishes you. It diminishes everybody else on this job. So now we, we promote you. We promote you to assistant commissioner. You fly past people. Again, you, you skip, I believe, I don't know. I'm just going to go top of my head. Seven ranks. Seven ranks, right? You stand up on a podium with Chief John Shell, Chief Jeffrey Madry, uh, Chief Jason Savino. These guys, I mean, these guys went through these processes. I'm talking about your first grade appointment. I'm saying, yeah, I don't believe you deserved it. Now I'm saying, forget that. You've never even been a supervisor, dude. I put a tweet out a while ago and I said, you have about, about enough experience to be a rookie sergeant. And that's what I believe. Because you, you, you do not deserve to stand anywhere on the stage. Again, not an attack on you. This is an attack on what is going on. It's, it's wrong. It's completely wrong. Cash should have to take the test. They circumvented the civil service process for you to enter in the ranks of leadership in the NYPD. It's unprecedented. Well, let me circle back because I just want to explain what I meant, which, yes, they did appoint Kaz Daughtry to first grade detective. And and upon that, in addition to that, he was appointed as commissioner. So, yes. But when I say he elevated himself, the reason I say that is because when he's spoken out several times at conferences and when he spoke on that uh, interview that night, you and I were pretty expressive about where he didn't know his own job. I say he elevated himself because he did. He wasn't humble about it. He didn't say I've been fortunate enough that even with the lack of leadership and I've been fortunate enough to have Jeffrey Maggi elevate my career. And I'm in this, I'm so fortunate to be in this position. I'm so humble to be around these, these chiefs who have so much experience on the job and I can learn from them. That's not what he said. What he said is that he's the ambassador for the police department. That is why I say he elevated himself. Gotcha. Now what I can tell you exactly, you know, what I can tell you about Kaz Daughtry is yes, as a whole, we're talking about him being in this position and how it just affects morale. But there are some personal aspects to this. The majority of this is about him being appointed and it should not be someone else being appointed in this manner, in the same position with no leadership skills, no leadership education. And leadership is a skill that's taught and learned. For some, there are outlaw allies that are born leaders, but for most, it's a skill that you learn, including myself. So with that being said, I think Kaz Georgie, there is a personal problem that he hasn't been humble about it. And we know that because he's disciplined the 109 precinct lieutenant for not calling attention to him being assistant commissioner when two days prior, he was a first grade detective driving around Jeffrey Madry, who's been MIA. And there was, uh, I believe, two other lieutenants and a sergeant as well. And, and, and so there were two that were transferred for not saluting someone um, that, again, we don't say is even in the, in the, that you should have to salute. It's not even written in, in the guide to salute them. Most people at this, at that point did not even realize who he is. I think they know who he is now because he's made such a, a fool of himself and, and, and the department has made him look like a fool by putting him on the stage to talk about things that he has no business talking about and things he's completely not, not capable of talking about, you know, even from having a, a, a the, the words right in front of him, you know? So, I mean, we're seeing the lack of experience there. He doesn't go through the ranks. I think that's a big thing, right? I think that's huge. I think that's bigger than anything. You never were a rookie sergeant. You never uh, commanded a patrol squad. You never dealt with personalities. You've never worked out your own personal problems with your ego, which we all have, right? You've never learned to, to not look 
look away from things that that some things, not everything needs addressing in the New York City the police department. Some things need addressing and some things you need to leave alone, right? Guys having a bad day, you're on a bad job, you don't bother them for white socks. Better yet, when you're standing there on a foot post and you have a crooked hat, your own makeshift uniform, your shirt hanging out, your belly hanging over your, your pants, and you're, and you're telling someone about the uniform they're wearing, you're a moron. Guess what? That day, you probably shouldn't address anybody on, on uniform appearance. You probably shouldn't. I mean, you, you, sh- you should be the part. When you walk in the room, they should be like, that guy's the police. That's what he looks like. But unfortunately, we don't have a, 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 a uniform standard for assistant commissioner. We don't even have a standard whatsoever for assistant commissioner. Um, Eric, we got an email recently. Do you have it in front of you? I absolutely do. You mind reading it? For and us? You know, absolutely. Actually, you know what? In honor of Kaz Daughtry, I'm going to read it from my phone. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so it's from an anonymous member of the service from the New York City Police Department. Hello, John and Eric. First of all, I'd like to express my gratitude for the outstanding work you both do. As an active member of the service, there are times when expressing our thoughts openly isn't feasible. Listening to your discussions regarding the department and unions is incredibly fulfilling. Personally, I have significant concerns regarding the promotion of Kaz Daughtry. Despite attempting to to seek clarification from the unions about how to approach the situation involving the assistant commissioner, there seems to be a lack of information or reluctance to to provide guidance. Now, first of all, just on that email on the anonymous writer for this, I just want to say thank you. I appreciate it. I know John appreciates appreciates it as well. On behalf of New York's Finance Town and Filter Podcast and our 265 Police Live Series, I thank you for watching us and supporting us. And it's unfortunate that they're not getting help from the unions and that we have to address the situation, but we're, we're proud to do it. So one thing I want to say, though, before we go into this, as a good quality of a leader I used to teach my guys is this. You have to pick and choose your battles. You have to know when it's time to put someone in their place and when it's time just to let something go over your shoulders. So what I think for Kaz Daughtry is if someone did not call attention for you, whether they should or not, that's not a battle you want to fight. Maybe you should walk away and just ask yourself, why do they not call attention to me? Why do they not know me? Do I need to do something to put myself out there so that they do know me? Yeah, so the, the, the person who writes the email then raises several questions, right? And I think they're legitimate questions because not only is he technically an assistant commissioner and he outranks chiefs, captains, inspectors, people with 30, 40 years on the job, he, he is technically still a first grade detective assigned. And I believe the same holds true for Tanya Kinsella and the other two that were appointed to, to, to commissioner spots because they didn't have the time to retire. In the past, we've seen Dermot Shea, who was a one-star chief at the time, retire to become a deputy commissioner. And then when he got the call that he was that that he kissed he kissed the Blasio's feet enough that he was going to be made a three-star and possibly the and possibly take over as police commissioner. He then reinstated himself as a uniform member of services, came back, became a three-star chief of detectives, then after that retired again to become the police commissioner. These people did not do that. 
They never retired from the New York City Police Department. They're acting in the rank of commissioners. So, so just so everyone's aware, it's never happened prior because your pension numbers are going to grow significantly. I mean, they added, I mean, I don't, I don't even know. They added forty, fifty thousand dollars a year. Is he still entitled to overtime? Does he still get overtime, or is it is is it a ranked thing? I want to know. Um, it's all it's all going into that uniform pension, but they're not acting in a uniformed role. So it's a big, big problem, and it's something that needs to to be looked at. Eric, do, do you have the 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 questions that the that the person asked? Do you mind reading those out? Absolutely. Let's go into the questions. So it starts out like this: several questions arise. And by the way, Kaz, just when you have an opportunity, when you read from a teleprompter or you read from a phone. You have to actually be engaged to the viewer. So it would be something like this. While his rank remains that of a detective, his title is assistant commissioner. As a higher rank and uniform member of the service, should I salute him and follow his orders? Is there documented protocol for this? It's a great question. Why John, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, why is that a great question? Because as a ranking member of the service, right? Kaz Daughtry, let's just say, let's just put Kaz Daughtry back in the role of first grade detective. He doesn't control a scene. I don't care what any detective tells me. I don't care what they taught you in your school or what you want to tell everybody on the radio or in public. You do not control that scene. The ranking officer controls that scene. You will be in charge and leading the investigation. Absolutely investigative steps. But a patrol sergeant is in charge of that scene, just so we're aware. So... <clears throat> If Kaz Daughtry tells the sergeant what to do and the sergeant does it, who ultimately is responsible for that decision? Is it the sergeant? Is it the lieutenant? Or is it Kaz Daughtry? Is it official that his order is a lawful order? And I believe that's what, what this person's asking. Is, is, is it a lawful order coming from him? I, and I, I, don't, I don't know because, again, he technically is a first grade detective. I actually think this is a great question, and I think it's very important to address. I think we have to move away. The police department has to move away from the ego aspect of this question because, unfortunately, that's what we've seen. The rank has become important because it fulfills someone's ego, and we see that in Kaz Daughtry, how he addressed the lieutenant in the 109 precinct. <laughs> but what I learned, I want to reflect back on my career. What I learned in the Marine Corps is this. Rank is extremely important. Why? Because... It could save lives or it could destroy lives. And what I mean by that is if we're out in the field in a Marine Corps and we're on a mission and it's not 100% sure on who's the higher rank or who holds a higher billet, when we need to move quick, if a higher rank gives it some information, there's no time to question it. We need to respond. And the same goes for the police department. I think that's kind of the aspect what you're saying here is if you're on a crime scene and now we're securing a perimeter and we're securing potential evidence and we need to maintain the integrity of that scene. If he comes on the scene, does he have the rank and the billet to actually address a situation where he might say, move, move the police officers to another location or move these cones? And that could compromise the integrity of the investigation and the scene. But does he have the authority or does he not? So I think that really addresses it well. Here's the next question. Why hasn't the patrol guide and administrative guides been updated to acknowledge his title. What do you think about that? 
I mean, another great question. All right. And, and it stems from it, it really it's, it's just it's just an add on to the to the previous question because it stems on who is the outranking officer. I have a one star chief or a two star chief. Tell me to do something, as has happened to all of us in our careers. You're standing on a open traffic, closed traffic. Right. Everyone's telling you one thing. I have a two star chief of the borough, Manhattan South, come up to me during a U.N. detail and tell me open traffic. And then he walks away. And now here comes Assistant Commissioner Kaz Daughtry walking up the block. Open, uh, cl uh, close traffic. Who told you to open traffic? Two-star chief, blah, 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 told me, told me, to, op uh, told me to, to, uh, open the traffic up. Who do I listen to? It needs to be documented. And why isn't it? Because none of this exists, and they're circumventing not only the civil service process, they're, cir they're circumventing every step in between. And the unions are perfectly fine with it. That's the problem that I have with it is the unions just lay down and they don't address this situation. Every union from the police department, the sergeants, the detectives, the lieutenants, the captains, every union, especially the police officers, should be addressing this particular situation. There has to be clear and concise information, but they're not addressing it. What they do address is his ego and they massage his ego and just go along with it. Again, I asked this question. And I mean it. 2023, at this point, with the New York City Police Department, do we actually need unions? It's a great question. Where are these union dues going? If we didn't pay these union dues, would it make a difference? If you're in a pickle, you're going to hire your own attorney anyway. So, but John, I think you pretty much summed it up. I don't even think I need to answer that. I think that was great. Let's go on to the next one. I think this is, a, this is another great question. And it's basically what we're saying. Is why hasn't the PBA, the DEA, the SBA, the LBA, or the CEA address their amendments on how to appropriately interact with a detective holding the title of an assistant commissioner? That's a great question. So Kaz has labeled himself the ambassador for the NYPD. He's the ambassador for the rank and file cops. I don't believe that. I believe that he's the ambassador for the progressive politicians, namely New York City Mayor Eric Adams who is he has rumored to have been driving around while Eric Adams was campaigning. That I do not know for a fact. Um, so I'm not sure. But the unions should now label themselves as the ambassador, the ambassadors for Kaz Daughtry because they're going around telling everybody that Kaz wants to imp improve morale. And at the same time they're doing that, they're going around barking more uh, micromanaging orders that are coming down from the top. These are the unions that are supposed to be saying that are supposed to be looking out for you, that are supposed to be worried about the retention and the, and the, uh, the retention of New York City police officers, the ability to recruit New York City officers and, and the ability to protect you in your profession, in your job, your benefits, your pay. But they're solely focused on pay. They just settled the contract solely focused on pay. So at the same time, they're telling you that Kaz wants to improve morale. They're basically telling you, don't give him an easy one. Make sure you're doing, let's just say, the stop reports, right? Now, now for every stop report you have to do, you have to plug it onto your body camera video. Why? So that it makes it easier for CCRB and the investigative units to hammer you and get in contact with your complainant, which whatever. 
but it's just more micromanaging. And instead of the union saying, how much do you want these guys to do? How much time do they get to do a specific job? How much time do they get to document all of this stuff on their body camera video? What, 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 how is this even plausible? They just tell you, don't give them an easy one. I actually put a lot of blame on this one also on Jeffrey Madry, chief of the department for New York City Police Department. And the reason why is he is he is behind this appoint appointmentship. He's appoint I'm sorry, he's a he's behind his appointment as the assistant commissioner. Even prior to that, he's behind Kaz Daughtry being appointed as first grade detective. So Jeffrey Madry should speak out to the police department. And this that's that's the problem with the leadership in the police department is they lack communication. Communication breaks barriers. Obviously, it would be too much work for Jeffrey Madry to go to every priest and address the situation. But what does the police department do? They have the internet and they have videos where everyone has to actually sign that they watch the video. It would be a great opportunity for Jeffrey Madry to put out a video and explain the appointment of Kaz Daughtry as assistant commissioner, how he should be addressed, how his rank will hold up in the police department, and how he will be compensated and how it, and what his role in the police department would be. Because obviously, Kaz Daughtry couldn't explain himself what it means to be the ambassador. Is he the ambassador for the police department or is the ambassador get coffee for Jeffrey Madry? That's what we need to know. These are questions. So let's keep going here. The next one is this. I think you pretty much summed it up. But I think you should, if you could go into it again, I think that was great so that the public understands this. Are we aware of whether he's being compensated? as a first grade detective or as assistant commissioner? From my understanding, and I don't know this totally because I haven't foiled anything. And even if I did, the police department wouldn't answer those foils anyway. So I'm, I'm not, I don't feel like wasting my time. But from my understanding is he's being compensated as an assistant commissioner with all of the benefits of being a first grade detective if that makes any sense for you. So you get all the pension benefits and all the things of a uniformed service member, but you're being paid as a highly paid civilian. Does he incur overtime is the question I'd like to know. Um, and I have the other question, is he vaccinated? Because I bet you he's not, just like the rest of them aren't. So that's my big problem. That is my big problem with all this. And, you know, we talk about the morale on the rank and file, right? We talk about the morale of the rank and file of the New York City Police Department. You know, the peons like us, the peasants, the, the captains, the, the lieutenants, the sergeants, the cops, the detectives, right? We're the nothing, right? There's the upper echelon. What is the effects of morale on the executive leadership that have worked for 30 years? And you get a kid with 17 years on the job who was a sergeant's operator who never passed a single promotional exam, never supervised anyone, never spoke at Comstat, never ran a command, never dealt with all the personnel issues, never dealt with having to answer to, for ridiculous things and being blamed for every crime that happens on New York City streets, never had to work, cut their teeth the way you did, and now you're answering to them. What are the effects of the morale on you? And anyone that says there is none, they're lying. John, hands down, that was outstanding. I think you're 100% right when it comes to morale. The other thing I'd like to say, and this might be a bold statement, but I think it's true. I think this is some type of form of corruption, to be honest, because what is the goal of appointing someone to first grade detective and eventually assistant commissioner that does not have the capabilities and abilities for that job other than compensation and, and 
power amongst others of the police department and in the public. Other than that, what is the point of doing that? Because what criteria do we fill? And I honestly think it's some type of form of co corruption for this person to get compensated. That that does raise a lot of questions. It, this raises now. If Kaz Daughtry has to go out sick, does does Kaz Daughtry go out sick under the sick policy for detectives? Does he go out sick for the policy of civilians amongst the police department? What type of what when he has to deal with his pension? Does he deal with the the uniform uh, the uniform pension? Does he deal for civilian members? This changes a lot of things. And this, exactly what you said, at some point, if he wants to return to take a sergeant's exam, can he do that? I mean, it doesn't seem like it, it doesn't seem like it would make sense, but just to buy him more time to just keep paying his pension, is that something he could do? I mean, Lisa, these are all questions that need to be answered. You know, these are all questions that really need to be answered. I blame the media. I blame the public. I blame the New York City Police Department. I blame the police unions. No one is asking any of these questions. Again, I had to leave my job because I wasn't vaccinated, right? And I was a danger, but he could go, he could become the assistant commissioner. Eric couldn't be promoted to captain because he had a because he had a, an, an outstanding CCRB, like the investigation wasn't over yet. But this kid pleads guilty to false statements in CCRB and he gets and he gets promoted seven ranks. I mean, you know, Eric passed the, the captain's exam. He did well on it, and he never attained the rank of captain. Why? There are two different police departments. There's the new, there's the NYPD, which is the New York City Police Department, and then there's the NYPD, which is the New York City Party Department. And the Party Department does not go by any of the rules that the New York City Police Department has to follow, not for promotional, not for disciplinary, not for mandates. Not for one damn thing, not for sick policy, not for taking days off, not for traveling overseas. Right. Why is why is Kaz Daughtry and Tanya Kinsella in Israel? Why is Kaz Daughtry and John Shell in Puerto Rico this weekend when New York City's on fire? The New York City Party Department is, is, is looks like a ton of fun, but they're failing New York City. I would like to work with them. I would like to have a two hundred thousand dollar a year job where all I do is schmooze everyone and tell everyone. We're not taking it anymore as New York City's getting lit on fire every day. I think it raised some great questions. What is the standard? I myself, I had no discipline, no discipline from the police department ever in my career. The only discipline that I received was on behalf of the Civilian Complaint Review Board. And simultaneously, while I was getting substantiated cases from the Civilian Complaint Review Board, I was getting awards from the New York City Police Department and also from the community for the same instances. And I was not, I was told I would not be promoted to captain. I was passed over because of all the substantiated cases from CCRB. Where is the standard here? Is there a different standard for discretionary promotion rather than someone who passed the test? If anything, I think the threshold for discretionary promotion should be even higher than someone who passes a test. There should be even heavier criteria in the way that it's appeared and viewed. I'd like to finish this email from this anonymous source and i'd like to talk about the unions in regards to this because i think you and i were pretty expressive and adamant we should talk about the role of the unions in this and it ends like this it would be interesting if you could discuss the topic in an upcoming podcast or even dedicate an entire episode to it i'm certain <coughs> excuse me i'm certain not the only one intrigued by this cas character keep up the exceptional work now 
he or she, whoever wrote this, I want to thank you for writing this email. It does take guts to, you know, uh, we will keep your, your identity anonymous, of course, but I, I thank you for that. So there should be a significant role of the unions in this particular case. What do you think the role is and what do you think the position is? Or do we know what their position is? Like I said, I think that they should say exactly what they are. I don't think we should call them unions anymore. I think we should change their name to associations. I think they should be called the water boy association for that, whatever rank it is. Like um, uh, we're the sergeant water boys for the mayor, we're the lieutenant water boys for whoever. And only, not only are they water boys, they're the ambassadors for Kaz Daughtry. They're the ambassadors for improving morale with zero, zero solutions on how to do it. Talking about another contract, talking about giving officers a 20 year retirement isn't going to retain isn't going to recruit and isn't going to make an officer's life every minute of their day easier. You're solely focused on contracts because you have zero solutions. You sit here, you listen to us, you reiterate the things we say, you look at my social media, you look at Eric Dim's social media, and you post the same exact things that we post, the same articles that we talk about. But do you know the difference between me and Eric? We're sitting here. There's absolutely nothing we could do about it. There's zero. If I had funding, if I had people paying us, if we had lawyers sitting on standby that we pay, believe me, there would be a lot of legal challenges going on in New York, which you don't do because you're the water boys. And why? Why are you ambassadors for the upper echelon of the NYPD? It's in direct conflict with what you're supposed to be doing. It's in direct conflict with representing the members of the New York City Police Department who give you money, who rely on you. And you're failing them. You're failing them miserably, miserably. And by the way, I said it on a tweet. You're so focused on contract negotiations and you're terrible at it. You couldn't lease a car. You couldn't make a lease for a car well. It's pathetic. You're all pathetic. You take what's given to you. That's what it is. Water boys. Well, I've been saying it and I'll say it again. I think that these union members are just filling their slimy pockets. I'm speaking to the cops out there right now. Detectives, sergeants, lieutenants, captains, you're in a union right now. Ask yourself, why am I paying these union dues? If you pay an average of $25 every two weeks, that's $50 a month. $50 a month times 12 months. That's $600 a year. After 20 years, that's $12,000. Ask yourself, where's that $12,000 going to? Amongst 35,000 uniform members of the New York City Police Department, where is this money going? Would it make a difference if you didn't pay this? Because if you didn't pay these union dues, you're still entitled to you're still entitled to medical. You're still entitled to a health plan. So would these dues make any difference? Because again, I say it all the time. If you're in a pickle, and I challenge anybody, please respond to this podcast. Anyone here that's in a significant pickle, would you hire a private attorney or would you use the union attorneys? And odds are you're going to hire a private attorney. So why are we why are you paying these dues anyway? Do you need a, a union attorney when you speak to the Civilian Complaint Review Board at, at a, a deposition? Absolutely not. You know more than that attorney does because you're the one who's out there. It's unfortunate, but the Civilian Complaint Review Board is trying to lead you down misleading statements. It's reverse engineered. But the unions are completely useless right now. I think that they're outdated. Maybe at some point, maybe in the 1930s, 1940s, they were necessary. But at this point, 2023, absolutely not. I would boycott them all. I mean, do you really need your delegate at, at a CCRB or IB or an investigation interview? Do they even help you? 
Do they even know what's going on? I mean, half the time, even when you get the trustee, what are they doing? They're on their phone. Yeah, yeah, I'll meet you right after. Don't worry about it. I'll meet you right after. Yeah, they're going to lunch. So they they, they stay solely focused around their social aspect. And they're checking their watch the whole time you're in there. And they literally help you zero. So I don't I don't understand what you even need them for. Now, I had did have some good delegates, but I don't believe that they help you inside of a GIA, inside of a room. I don't believe you're being helped. I never, I didn't feel like they would, they were at a benefit. If anything, I felt like they were, they were on the same, they were on the other side of the table. They were, they were, they were more coming after me than the people on the other side of the table. That's what I felt like. I didn't feel like these people have my back, you know? Um, And, and that's just, that's just my personal opinion on it. Um, I think that you, you raised a great point. I'm not going to say the word circle back though, because I did get a couple of comments that they said, tell Eric to stop saying circle back because he sounds like Jen Psaki. Um, <laughs> so I'm not going to say it, but I would just want to, that's hysterical, <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to, I just want to bring back what you said, because it is very important. What is the standard? Why is the standard for discretionary promotion different than the standard for civil service promotion? Why wasn't Eric promoted? Why didn't the unions fight to get him promoted? Why didn't the LBA and the CEA say no? This guy should get promoted. There's zero reason for it. Because if we look at the discretionary promotions, you see people with open CCRBs that are getting promoted. You see people with, with open IEB complaints that are getting promoted. Why couldn't Eric get promoted? And that happens to not just Eric. That happened to a ton of people I know. And then you see Kaz Daughtry. Yeah, no problem. Open whatever. Seven ranks. Boop. Take him out. Boop. And like I said, if you're going to do that, he should have had to retire from the New York City Police Department and now take his new civilian position. And again, we circumvented this whole process for the New York City Party Department. Everybody's a Waterboy Association member for New York City, Eric Adams. If uh, if the Party Department's taking applications, let me and Eric know. Um, we'll, we'll spread the information because I'm sure there's a lot of guys inside of the New York City Police Department. You probably would have an easier time recruiting. First of all, I just want to say that's hilarious because, John, you and I speak offline constantly all day, every day, and you never told me about that circle back. So that is hysterical. <laughs> that's hilarious. I want to thank my viewers. I love it. Thank you so much. Um, that That's hysterical. I, I do say that all the time. You know, I got I to gotta watch some stuff that she says. <laughs> but, you know, it's just it really does raise a lot of questions. And, and honestly, for those that are in the unions right now, and your trustees and your, your high-ranking board members in the unions, ask yourself, honestly, when you're sleeping at night, do you feel comfortable taking taking union members' money, going out and having expensive lunches, expensive dinners for years, not having to wear a, a gun belt, not having to wear a uniform, not having to play the same rules in the same game that the cops do and the other sergeants, lieutenants, detectives, wearing body cameras, handing out business cards? Do you really feel good about yourself that you're not helping these members, but you're taking their money? Honestly, it's just as bad as a, as a woman that gets paid child support and doesn't use the money for her kids. It's, uh, it's, it's along the same lines. You're taking money that's meant to be for a specific reason, and you're not using it to fight, with the mem- to fight for the members. You are you're, you're their voice because they don't have a voice. You are their voice, but you're not doing it. But that's okay because right now, New York's Finance Retirement Filter Podcast, we will be a voice. Absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, just to wrap up on Kaz, like I said, Kaz, not a direct attack on you. It's a direct attack on the system. You 
just you're just the highlight of it. You are the most egregious promotion that we have seen. Uh, Tanya Cancilla went through that process. Tariq Shepard went through that process. After they were already in that rank, they got promoted. I really, like I said, I really have no comments about them. Um, you know, I, I had a comment about how fast Concilio went to the rank of, of chief. I didn't I don't believe she she went through those same processes that the, that the rest of the executives did, um, you know, especially guys in patrol borough, uh, Staten Island, who consistently say that I'm an idiot. Um, but yet you are little cucks and you run around and now you have to answer to someone who did nothing that you did. And you spent years and years and years and all this time away from your family. Um, to answer to someone who blew right past you within two years time. So who's really the idiot? I'm not, I could care less. Uh, I still live a better life than all of you. And I will. And when you retire too, as well, uh, you can take whatever you make more money in retirement from New York city. <laughs> well, I like to leave cash with a tip. I've been pretty adamant and, you know, I've been making some funny memes and some jokes about Kaz reading from a teleprompter and reading from an iPad. He couldn't even read. He had to actually read his own name. I get it. You're nervous. You're doing a conference. You're doing an interview. We're all nervous. And to this day, if I do a podcast, I'm still nervous about things. You're going to be nervous. But that's where the experience and the skills come in. That's what you need, Kaz. That's why we're saying you're not, you're not at this point. You're not ready to be doing these press conferences. You got to crawl before you walk. But with that being said, I'd rather, here's my tip. I'd rather that you give a speech that comes from the heart and, and the knowledge that you have on a particular particular subject, and maybe you'll fumble around, but it's a lot better than you're reading from a teleprompter or you're reading from an iPad because that just shows you don't care. So at least if you go into be in that position, if you want to build morale, show the cops you care. Don't read from a teleprompter. Just speak from the heart. So what? You'll mess up some words. It's okay. It's a lot better when you show humility than when you're trying to fake it. Absolutely. And Kaz, we know you're listening to this, so. You're welcome on the show. You're welcome to come on, debunk anything we said. Come at us any way you'd like. Um, you know, we give everybody a voice. We wouldn't talk over you. Same thing, right? Um, you're more than welcome to come on here and speak to the rank and file of New York City Police Department. I get you were nervous when I shared the thing about you on, I forget, it was on Fox, and they asked you what you do, and you, you couldn't answer it. So now you said you were an ambassador, you stuttering. We'll give you the opportunity to come back on and tell New York City Police Department why it's a good thing, what you believe, um, and where you believe we're wrong, and where you believe the New York City Police Department's headed, and why you believe where you, what you believe is is the, the way forward for not only the New York City Police Department but the people who you ultimately serve, the residents in New York City. So you know, be, on behalf of uh, Finest Unfiltered, we'd like to extend you a welcome. You're welcome anytime. You let us know your schedule. We'll work around it. I think that's a great idea. I'd love to have him on here and speak. But please, Kaz, if you come on here, don't speak from a teleprompter or an iPad. Just speak from the heart. We'll have a, a, a conversation. We're not here to hurt you or challenge you. We just want to hear how you got elevated to this position, why you figured the man for this job, and what your role is at this point, and how do you intend to move forward? Because I will say this. Don't be upset that the Lieutenant did not call attention for you. When something bad happens in that manner or it hurts your ego, walk away, emotionally detach yourself from that situation. And ask yourself, what can I do so that they call attention for me? You don't need a shirt. You don't need rank insignia. You don't need a title for people to know 
that you you demand respect. The respect will be earned and it will be given if you are that man for the job. If they know, the troops know that, wow, Kaz Daughtry belongs there. Look at all the stuff that he implemented. He's been in, he's had, he has drive, initiative, he supports morale. They're going to know you. It's going to happen organically. So let it happen. With that being said, Finest Unfiltered 265 Live. John, got anything to close it? Uh, I just want to say I saw an awesome police commissioner shirt. It had the title because they they have their insignias on everything. I saw Ed Caban. It was it was the fanciest police commissioner shirt I ever saw. It wasn't a unit. It wasn't a uniform shirt. I don't know if it was a dress shirt, if it was a club shirt. Um, New York City Party Department is awesome. Um, you know, and I just I, I I really I mean I that's it. I I think that I think we nailed it home. And anyone that's in opposition to what we've been saying, what we've been doing, the stuff we've been putting out, please, we're, we're friendly guys. You have my phone number. You have Eric's phone number. Reach out. Let us know where we're wrong, where we're short-sighted. Uh, this is how we grow. This is how we get better. But I will tell you one thing. We ain't going nowhere. 265 Police Live, baby. Brought to you by New York's Finest Retirement Unfiltered Podcast. We'll be right back at you. Law enforcement professionals dedicate their lives to serving and protecting our community. But who's protecting their financial futures? That's where Laidlaw Blue comes in. Our wealth management platform is specifically designed for the law enforcement community. Laidlaw Blue is a division within Laidlaw Wealth Management run by retired New York City detective John McDermott. His status as a retired detective uniquely positions him to establish a deep connection between Laidlaw Blue and the law enforcement community. Our platform is easy to use and provides a range of financial services, including investment management, retirement planning, and insurance solutions. With Laidlaw Blue, you can secure your financial future and provide for your loved ones. Our team of experienced financial advisors understands the unique challenges and opportunities that law enforcement professionals face. We're here to help you navigate the complexities of financial planning and achieve your goals. Laidlaw Blue, secure your financial future today. Book a meeting using the QR code displayed or call us directly on triple eight. 901 blue that's triple eight 901 blue